Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Modern Conservative Podcast Show once again, brought to you twice a week. Um, I want to say, all you truckers out there, you're doing a damn good job. All you truckers out there, we support you here in Utah. And we're going to have an event this weekend in Salt Lake City ourselves to support the truckers, whether you're here or in Canada. Um, I want my fans and my readers and my listeners to tune into my Facebook. I'll be posting it sometime tonight uh, where we will be at, what time it's going to be. And if you all want to get involved um, and join the tour, we're going to do a 60 mile tour here in Salt Lake City and around the uh, counties. And hopefully we'll stop at Carhartt because uh, they've really pissed me off as well because they're idiots. But anyway, let's get to the matter at hand. Um, Today I have a special guest on with me. He's one of the young Republicans, one of the leading soldiers in the state of Utah. And uh, his name is Gunnar Thorderson. And he is the ambassador for TPU, among other things. Gunnar, how are you doing? I'm doing great, John. Uh, Super happy to be on your show. Um, You know, just like you said, you know, I'm an ambassador for Turning Point USA. You know, people probably heard of Charlie Kirk, Candace Owens, right? uh, You you know, MAGA Hulk, uh, all of the all of the big names. um, You know that that have come through Turning Point at some point. Um, I'm an ambassador, so I represent the entire brand, um, mainly online, but also, um, you know, with activism events here in Utah. Um, and, and then I'm also the vice president for Today is America, which is the largest Generation mm. Z conservative organization on social media. We have several million um, subscribers, followers across TikTok and Instagram. Um, we run the Republican Hype House. Uh, we we run wow. the um, Republican Boys and Girls uh, Today in America, Basic Facts Matter. Uh, a lot of those huge viral clips that you see, you know, being shared on TikTok of, mm-hmm. you know, people making fun of Joe Biden or whatever, it, you know, the current event may be. Most of that content that you see shared around um, it was made by our creators. And we have several hundred content creators that, that are in our wheelhouse. So a lot of exciting stuff going on. And, and so I'm just glad to be here and, and spread the word. So, brother, you know, I've met you. I met you several times at different events, and we've been up to the state capitol together. And we can act. Um, and, uh, dude, you're tall. How tall are you? Um, I'm six five. Um, but although people joke, you know, they say with the hair, you know, it, it might be <laughs> six six. <laughs> but because... <laughs> uh, I'm somewhere around there. Although my my dad is is six six. So, and and he uh, he likes to joke that he's you know a little bit taller than me. So he might he might get mad if I say mm. I'm as tall as he is. Yeah, I hear you there. I mean, big shoes to fill, right? Yes. <laughs> so what? So have you always been a conservative? Did you grow up conservative, or did you? Did a light switch click on? And because uh, you're, you're pretty young and, you know, and, you know, a lot of the youngster nowadays are leaning towards the liberal side of things. But you're not that. What brought you to the conservative side? Or like I said, did you yeah. grow up as a conservative? Um, you know, that's I, I love that question. You know, uh, I, I didn't really grow up in politics at all. My parents were kind of like, we don't 
you know, talk about politics at the dinner table type thing, you know. Um, I, I did grow up heavily Mormon, though, and I think it was around, uh, you know, I was I was in the seventh or eighth grade and Mitt Romney, uh, uh, you know, announced that he was running for president. And, you know, at the time, I never believed in a million years that I'd ever see a Mormon uh, run for president. And so that was kind of my first exposure to politics. Um, I, you know, I, I printed out Mitt Romney's face and I, I put him on all my binders and I, I wore, I, you know, I like taped a Mitt Romney for president, you know, uh, banner on my backpack. And, you know, I was going around the school cause I, I, I grew up in Mississippi. Um, and, and, you know, it was kind of, you know, not a, not a cool thing to be a Mormon down there. And right. I like to create a stir and I've always kind of been a rebel in that way. But, you know, I, I just wanted to go around and be like, yo, it's a Mormon running for president. You guys need to get on the, get on the train, you know, and, and, you know, it's just, it's absolutely sad what, what Mitt Romney has done to his name and, and, you know, the, the things that he's done, you know, to president Trump and our movement is just sad. And, and I really, you know, I, I'll support any challenger that goes against Mitt Romney, but that was really my first experience exposure to politics. And, uh, and, you know, he happened to be a Republican. And so I got involved with the, um, you know, my high school Republicans group at the time, my little chapter at my high school. Um, mm -hmm. And, 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 you know, just it, it's kind of been, you know, involved since then. Although I will say I, I got my finance and economics degree, uh, both of those degrees from the University of Utah, which happens to be one of the top Marxist economic schools in the country. <laughs> and so I always joke with people. I say, look, um, college indoctrination is a real thing. I was as indoctrinated as you could be with Marxist ideology and every single bit of it that, that I was exposed to horrified me to no end. And I came out of that school with a, with straight A's, but mind you, which mm -hmm. is not easy to do um, when you're secretly conservative. And, you know, some people, you know, they, they have a, they had a lot more courage than I did in, in college to, you know, buck the professor and, and, you know, you know, be, be a rebel and, and, you know, fail all their, you know, get all their grades failed because they, they, they wanted to stand up. I, uh, unfortunately, wasn't that courageous. I, I wanted to pass all my classes. So I, I, I did what I had to do, but right. I came out of that with, with an even greater commitment to, um, you know, anti-Marxism and, and, and conservatism and uh, really saw the Republican Party as the bulwark against socialism and this really communist takeover of our country that we're seeing right before our eyes. And, uh, and so that's really kind of how I got started. I, I worked for Turning Point USA early on when they were just a fledgling little organization as a state director when mm -hmm. I was at the University of Utah. So although I was being indoctrinated in my classrooms, I was the guy out in the, you know, cafeteria and, and, you know, out in front of the library with my little table set up and my little turning point USA banners and, uh, you know, teaching college students about free market capitalism and, and, uh, you know, what have you limited government principles, um, while I was, you know, my entirety, uh, at, at the university of Utah. So, mm -hmm. um, that's, that's my experience though. And, and since then I've, you know, just been involved, uh, as much as I can online and, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm blessed with a, with a pretty big platform like yourself and, and, you know, just trying to find ways to spread the good word, you know, Prior to be, be, me being the state director of Blexit, U, of Blexit Utah, um, 
like you, my founder, was a member of Training Point USA as well, Candace Owens. But before I got involved to all in all of this, um, I was just tired of the lies. I, I was tired of the whites being called racist. You know, I was tired of Black Lives Matter. You know, it was getting to be really ridiculous. I literally started my tra- my um, trail in the politics publicly last year. Wow. And uh, I see things now differently than I did when I really wasn't really participating in politics. For example, I, we live in one of the most conservative states in the country. And I'm still trying to figure out how in the hell is Salt Lake City so blue? Right. And, you know, and you come from the college. Of, I mean, I'm from the East Coast. But um, you went to the college. Tell me something. Why and how is they maintained to be so blue for so long in this in Salt Lake City? Any idea in your thoughts? Yeah, you know, I, I have a lot of theories about that. I, I think um, you, the main thing is Utah has always just kind of been labeled as this like super uh, Mormon state that's run by the church and everybody's so conservative. And if if you're not Mormon or you're not conservative, the only like place you could possibly live and like and and be sort of like outside of that is in salt lake city proper and so i I, you know i feel like that's always kind of and and even you know the university of utah it's like if you're not going to byu or or utah state and you're kind of a rebel you know you go to the u and uh you know i i happen to go there primarily because their finance program is one of the best in the country and and you know that's what really got me to go there and and uh got my bachelor's in finance and and was on you know a track to get into investment banking with them um but you know other things came and and better opportunities arose for me and and so i chased those um but yeah you know just i i think the main thing is just people have kind of coalesced in this downtown salt lake city area as sort of like you know, the resistance to conservatism and and Mormonism. And it's just funny how it's downtown Salt Lake City that is, you know, infested with homelessness and now rampant crime. Um, You know, gun violence is on the rise. Uh, Retail theft is out of control. And, uh, you know, it's 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 endemic of of all of the inner cities that are that are run by Democrats. And so, you know, I I hope Utah see that. And uh, and I hope that we we elect the Republican mayor uh, for Salt Lake City and and we begin to restore law and order and and really save our capital. Otherwise, you know, it may get to the point where it's not even safe anymore uh, to go downtown or or to visit Mm -hmm. our, our beautiful capital and all the historic buildings that are there. So let me ask you this political aspirations yes or no um yeah, yes i i think i do um you know i i, I think I just, you do and i think you i think you got you got something cooking for the long term you know a lot of yeah a lot of people ask me that and you know for me i just want to make sure that you know if and when i do serve um that that i'm representing my constituents um you know truthfully and and honestly and and that i have you know enough pull to actually get things done for them and 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 to be effective as as a representative for them and and uh and so you know we're we're just we just moved actually to eagle mountain and you know i love the area here and, and and i love the people and and uh and and so we'll see we'll see if you know this is the place for for me to represent um 
but you know, it's, it's all about timing. And, and right now I'm super focused on, on my career in, in sales. I've, I've been building a massive, um, you know, empire, if you will, in, in, in the solar industry and, and been doing really well with that. And, and, uh, that's taken up a lot of my time, but as that begins to, you know, sort of go on autopilot and, uh, mm-hmm. and, and free up more of my time, I, I think I might be able to, uh, you know, do, do a little adventure in, in politics. We'll see. You know, the first time I really met you and we spent time together was at the Capitol and you were asking questions that were like, wow, didn't see that one coming. And uh, I mean, questions that are beyond my pay grade. And uh, and I thought I knew a lot. But I realized you and even Andy Badger, you boys know your politics and i was impressed i was really impressed and that's when we spoke and i said to myself i think i want him on the show because he can articulate to the people what the people really need to know now as far as your bio i want to talk about something else mandates you know here in utah we no longer have you know vaccine mandates and mask mandates Give me your thoughts on ma- give me your thoughts on mandates of any kind that are unconstitutional. Yeah, I know. I'm glad you brought that up. And, and you know, that our time at the Capitol was fun. I, I you know, I, I felt like while we had the time there to, to be with our, our leaders and, and representatives there that are running, you know, the Capitol and and passing all of this legislation that impacts us, you know, so much. I thought, you know, I really got to take advantage of the time that I have in front of, you know, people like President Stuart Adams and and uh, Mike Schultz, um, you know, majority leader there. Um, and, and, you know, it, we even got to speak with the treasurer and, and I got to ask him about, you know, why are we, you know, using our cash to, to pay off bonds when we're facing some of the most record inflation, um, and our debt is going to be devalued by the year. And, you know, why are we not, you know, making critical investments that, that we need? I mean, if, if their claims about this unprecedented growth coming into Utah are true, you know, we need to, we need to be prepared for that so that we're not dealing with, you know, record traffic congestion and other things like that. And, and, uh, and so, you know, I, I just asked questions to see if, you know, what their plans were for all that and, and was kind of surprised that, you know, some certain things weren't really developed like I thought they would be. And so I think it, you know, it even highlighted for me, you know, how much more involved we need to be and, and the pressure we need to put on people. But to answer your question about mandates, um, when the first mandates for OSHA came out, um, you know, and I'm in the the Big Tent Republicans page, you know, which is kind of the, you know, who's who page on Facebook for Utah leaders and basically anybody who's anybody's in there. And and I was shocked by the amount of people who were defending uh, these the, the OSHA mandates coming out and basically defending, um, I, I think at the time, uh, Vivint Smart Home Arena, the Utah Jazz mm-hmm. came out and basically said, hey, we're going to require vaccine you know, proof for you, to, uh, for you to enter a game. And, uh, and almost every leader of the Republican, Utah Republican Party came out in support of that and basically used property rights as their, you know, example of why that would be fine. Oh, well, you know, it's their private property. They can do whatever they want. And I was shocked. I said, are you kidding me? I said, you know, that's exactly what the early Nazi party used their example (laughs) for why they would require Jews to show papers. 
um, it, they use private property rights. And, I, you know, obviously mixed in with with obscene racism, right. but it was it was similar arguments that were used. And, and again, I, I don't mean to make a comparison with the Holocaust and these mandates. By no means are they equitable at all. But when you look at the very, very beginning, right, like how they rolled out that slow and steady decline into what ended up happening the very beginning was they attacked Jewish shops. They said, we got to take them out. We've, we've got to, you know, ostracize them from society. And so I made that comparison in this group and not a day later, the Deseret news put out a piece saying, how dare conservatives make comparisons to Nazis and, and these mandates being anything close to that. How dare they? That's, you know, that's, that's horrible for, you know, the Jewish people. And I'm like, what? Like you guys took that completely out of context, but you know, it, it, for me to see the Utah leaders get behind these vaccine mandates because they supported vaccines was a complete awakening for me because I, I never in a million years thought that the Utah Republican Party would be so far behind uh, or, or at least would back these mandates like they didn't. They were completely fine with OSHA coming in and, and requiring employers. I I got messages off the chain from people that worked for CenturyLink and, yep. and Domo and all these companies saying, my employer is telling me if I don't have proof of vaccination, I will lose my job. And no one in Utah is doing anything about it. And I, it made me sick to myself. I said, what in the world? We're supposed to be one of the most conservative states in the union. We're supposed to be the ones who, who fear government overreach and government mandates. And mm-hmm. now you see all these Republicans in Utah coming out saying, oh, I, I hate using government mandates. I'm never about that. I'm all about, <laughs> you know, uh, personal responsibility. And, uh, you know, we tell people how it is. They're now only saying that because of the pushback that me and you and, and, and many patriots have done against this. But we will never forget that they sat by and let corporations all over Utah fire their employees for not being vaccinated. And that will forever live in infamy here in the state of Utah. And for me, it's a commitment to replace every single one of those leaders who stood by and used private property rights as their big, huge example for why these vaccine mandates, and we're going to let everybody get fired and we're going to fire half of the hospital staff. And and, and then we're going to complain about about COVID taking over the world because everything's <laughs> overrun. It's like you guys let Intermountain Healthcare fire over half of their staff, and now you're crying about hospitals being overcrowded, and, and then you're going to go mask my children because of that one issue after you let them fire all their staff. Absolutely not. These people need to re- be replaced. Our mm-hmm. state is run by rhinos, yep. and that's why we need to put people like Andy Badger and people who are America first, pro-freedom, anti-mandate, in power. Because I'm telling you right now, the state of Utah, probably 70% of the people in power, they are now only giving lip service to anti-mandate rhetoric. But we remember that when, they, when the Biden administration first rolled them out, silence. They were completely for it. We'll, we will not forget. We will, we will replace them. I shut down a business because of those idiots. And here's the thing. Now, his, you know, when they talk, I was speaking to some, a legislator, when they're talking about personal property rights, I said to a legislator, I said, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. So is it okay for business owner, just, well, actually, let me rephrase it. I said, 
why can't a business owner discriminate then if you want to use personal property, right? Because it is his per personal property. They go, well, that's a little bit different. I said, no, there's a big difference. I, the difference is you asking people, are you shutting down people's livelihoods? Whereas discrimination, you walk away and you just sue them. He yep. says, he, he says to me, he says, well, I think that's a little bit different, John. I said, no, I completely disagree with you. I said, it's only different because you believe the personal property, right? And you probably own the business and you believe because it's your business, you should have the choice to have your employees and your customers vaccinated before they can enter your premises. But I said, you're wrong. I said, you're absolutely wrong. And then what a lot of people in Utah, Gunner, do not, do not realize of the 75 representatives in the, in the state legislature, there's 16 Democrats. The rest are Republicans. Of the Senate, 29, there's 29 state senators. Of those 29 state senators, only six are Republicans. So when these Republicans walk around here, because they don't tell you that, and people don't research and use common sense and think about this, because when we say things are so bad in the state, well, it's because the Republicans. It's not because of the Democrats. The Democrats have hardly any power in this state. It's the damn rhinos who we right. are actually fighting against. And people do not realize this. Just like the last mandate bill, it was 45 to 28, I think it was, which meant about 13 Republicans voted against um, outlawing mandates. So People need to wake up and realize what really goes on up in the Capitol. And because you have an R in front of your name for your political affiliation, these guys are not always for you. Now, there are some good ones up there. I'll give them that. But there are some dirty, rotten ones that are Democrats with the R in front of their name. Oh, 100%. You know, I, I always call them, I've always called them out as closet Democrats, you know, and, you know, rhinos, closet Democrats, whatever you want to call them. These are people who will use the government whenever they can. In fact, they'd rather lead with a government first um, approach to control your lives. And, and control it in a way that is um, that is going to require a lot of taxation and that is going to um, require a lot of regulation over what you're doing. Um, and, 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 you know, for me, you know, I'm all about, you know, the growth and, and all the people that want to move to Utah. Um, but, you know, when most of those people are, are Californians fleeing the failed liberal policies of California and they come to Utah and because they want to get away from that. But then Utah's run by people who want to be like California and pass all of the same laws and make Utah just like California. Like we have a duty to all the people who flee these blue states and are coming to Utah. If you look at the charts, Utah was the number one state. Um as, as a percentage of per capita, um, you know, uh, growth who, for people in migration. So people moving from other states to Utah, number one. Um, and, and so we have an obligation to keep Utah conservative and not, you know, repeat the failed policies of California. Otherwise, people wouldn't be moving here. They'd be moving, you know, somewhere else. And so... You know, the fact that we have all these rhinos in power and, you know, nobody's really involved politically on the local level. And, and you know, the, the turnout, oh, my gosh, for these local elections is sad. It's, you know, it is. some of these races are like won by like 200 votes and only like 2000 people vote in them. It's like shocking. 
I'm sure you've seen some of that data where it's like oh, there's like 400,000 people in a district and like 2,000 people show up to vote. That's crazy because and then most of those people, they don't they just they vote down ballot. Republican, right. Republican, 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 Republican. They're not vetted. So we get people in these seats in these in the city councils, um, in the mayor seats, the, the county mayor seats. We get these idiots in the, that are sitting in these seats that they haven't been vetted. And they're the, like, for example, um, Jeannie Wilson. You know, you don't have to run a big campaign in Utah because a lot of people just uh, vote down ballot, which is half the problem. And another thing is like when we have these big events, you know, I'm so surprised how people don't come out and participate in these events um, to represent, you know, what they're stand, what they stand for. For example, there's organizations that have 30,000 followers in Utah, but yet when they're hosting an event, you, they get maybe 500 people. Right. Something's not right about that. I mean, and I've, I've said this many times, many times that these organizations, for some reason, have what I call digital soldiers they're just on the internet that's all they are because they don't come out they don't protest they don't rally they don't speak up now i will give upu their credit those women will battle you and they will spend money to fight for the children they will do that but for the most part you know the men in the state don't come out and help support what we believe either in the state you know there's you know the old saying is um, for evil to rise, good men have to do nothing. Yeah, yeah, 100%. and you see that here. You see that here. I mean, yeah, yeah. I often. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, yeah, you know, the big thing, you know, that everybody is just up over, you know, up in arms about, is that for the last several years, all our party has really been focused on is these lawsuits to protect the caucus system here in, in Utah. And, and so for those listeners who, you know, have no idea what I'm talking about, just to give a super simple recap of what happened, Please. the legislature passed um, a bill that basically said you could, you could circumvent the caucus system, which is where you show up, it's a neighborhood caucus, and you vote for, you know, who, who you want to be the representative. And then, and then people become delegates and they go to a convention and then they vote for who is going to represent the party at this convention. And you neighborhoods vote for the delegates who then represent them at this convention. And then at the convention, you voted for who was going to represent the party. And that person would end up going in the uh, primary against a Democrat or uh, uh, in the general election, I mean, against a Democrat and the Republican would always win. And so it used to be that whoever won at convention was the winner because no no democrat could beat them right right but then the legislature said look the convention is overrun by these party activists who are you know what they thought was way too far right and so they came out and said look we're going to create another path it's called the signature path and we're going to let anybody (laughs) who wants go door to door and just say hey do you want me to be on the ballot as a republican Okay, here, sign here. And if they go out and get several thousand signatures, and the amount is different depending on what race it is, then they automatically get put on that primary ballot as a Republican. And, but but they could be a Democrat. I mean, they could be a rhino. They could be a Evan McMullen type. They could be whatever mm. person they wanted to be. They could literally not believe in a single thing of the Republican Party. But if they just go out and they and what they're doing is they're paying these firms. 
to hire signature gatherers who go door to door for these candidates and then they just pay per signature so if you if you have big money and you you know some some big uh dc uh democrat firm wants to come in and say hey here's a hundred thousand dollars you could get on the ballot as a republican in utah for a big senate race or whatever you wanted okay and so the the republican party in utah said that's not fair for our party and so they went and, and had this big lawsuit and spent millions of dollars and ended up losing. And <laughs> the state ended up winning, saying, no, we get to we as the legislature, we get to decide how people get on the ballot and, you know, who gets an R next to their name, even though the state party said, no, we don't want to do it that way. We want to protect the caucus system. So, you know, no matter what people's opinions are on the caucus system, I think we've made major improvements to it. Now anybody can be involved. You literally can get on an app and vote. Anybody can become a delegate. It's super easy to be involved now. Um, but, but, you know, whatever your view is on that, the fact that like, you know, these rhinos are now all doing the signature path, it's almost like, universal across the board that if you are a rhino and you are not a conservative you just go the signature path you you don't even show up to convention and you just go to the primary with a huge war chest of funds and then you just do attack ads in on these mailers Mm -hmm. and just label all these conservatives as far right you know insurrectionist QAnoners, you domestic know, terrorists. They, yeah, that's what they did to Burgess. And, yep. and, and, you know, Utahns need to wake up and realize that these like Democrat rhino Republicans right now who are running our state, they do not like us. They do not like true patriot conservatives. Um, they're scared to death of us and they're going to do whatever they can to protect their power that they currently have on the state. And so we need everybody to wake up, vet your candidates, make sure they're actually conservative because they'll do like Mitt Romney and they'll lie all through the campaign saying that, Mm. you know, Oh, I'm going to support Trump. I'm going to be his best friend. And then they get in and, you know, impeach him twice. So um, it's just, you know, we've been lied to too many times. We've been stabbed in the back and, uh, and we need to wake up and we actually need to take back our state and get these rhinos out of here. I'm going to, you know, I got to admit Romney's defense. Um, I guess he had to vote his conscience. Get the hell out of here with your conscience. <laughs> I get, dude, I get so sick and tired of hearing them say, I have to vote my conscience. Yeah. You know, I mentioned that to president Adams, you know, when we were up at the Capitol, and the problem yeah. I have with a lot of that is, you know, somebody asked me, could you truly run and put your consciousness aside? I said, if I'm going to be a true conservative and I'm going to do what I say to my, I'm going to do as my constituents ask, I would, that's what I would have to do. Yeah. And then, you know, if there's some point in time where I couldn't, for example, you know, a, a uh, abortion bill, for example, I'll never be pro-abortion. Let's, let's get right. that straight. So would I step down? Most likely I would resign. If I'm put in a situation where I have to vote for a bill that I don't care for, I'm not going to say, you know what? Um, my conscience says I had to vote no or vote yay on any bill. If my constituents, constituents want it, I'm going to vote for it. I may grind, grind my teeth. I may not like it, but it's been true to my word because nowadays that's all you have is your word and your reputation. And sometimes your conscience hurts, you know, Yeah, because you're not you always know, right. 
I, I remember Stuart Adams, you know, in your discussion there on the Hill, and, and I thought you brought up a great point. Um, you know, when, when all of Mitt Romney's constituents are going nuts over the fact that he's literally, as soon as he got elected, he put out a hit piece in the Washington Post calling Donald Trump basically a terrorist, calling him, mm-hmm. you know, the worst thing America's you know, ever elected, um, even though all he said to he literally lied his entire campaign trail saying, I'm going to work with Trump. I'm going to be his friend. You know, we're going to work together. And then day one after he get he wins, he puts out that attack piece. It was like. That was the stab in the back day one. And then it was just got worse from there. He, you know, showing up on MSNBC every night, you know, uh, meeting with Democrats, uh, became best friends with Susan uh, Murkowski and Collins, you know, the the two leftist liberals that are, you know, <laughs> pretend to be Republicans. And, yeah. um, you know, by your time, literally just saying, yeah, I don't care about my constituents back home. I'm just going to be this like, you know, uh, Democrat friendly Republican, even though none of the constituents of Utah are like that, a very small minority. Uh, very small. And, and, and so for you to bring that up, you know, I thought it was perfect because, you know, I'm sure his email box is full. I'm sure he gets calls off the chain that are just like, dude, what are you doing? You don't represent me. And so I think when it gets to the point where you when you are voting your conscience or, you know, you're every day you're speaking your conscience and it goes against what your constituents think, then we have a moral obligation as constituents to get you the hell out of there because you don't represent us. And so, you know, to Stuart Adams point, if if, you know, 99 percent of the time you're voting in line with your constituents, but then that one issue comes up. And for him, it was, you know, marijuana, which, you know, I'm, right. I'm friendly to. And I don't I don't you know care to he was like, I will never pass a marijuana bill. I think right. it's devil's <laughs> lettuce and, you know, will lead to, you know orgies in the street like no um but you know if if if, you know i'll give it to him he's one of the most conservative members in the senate if that if he just if he did that one percent of the time i'd be like you know what that's that's the cost of doing business when we have exactly at the helm right you're exactly right when it's 99 percent going against your constituents you should not be our representative And so that's when we, you know, this whole, oh, well, he just voted his conscience. It's like, yeah, well, he does that 99% of the time against his constituents will. So he does not deserve to represent Utah. Um, He can go run in a Democrat state. He can go back to Massachusetts. Uh, You know, he can do a lot of things. He can go try to get an appointment from the Biden administration um, or, you know, a future Democrat administration. But I promise you, he's not going to continue to represent Utah because he doesn't represent Utah. You remember, if you recall, he was walking in lines with Black Lives Matter. Um, yep. At, Same with at, during the George Floyd incident, I'm thinking you piece of crap. Yes, yeah, you with piece Justin of Trudeau. fucking crap. Oh yeah, loves Black Lives Matter, and look at their country right now. Speaking of Black Lives Matter, well, not Black Lives Matter per se, because I usually try to stay away from that topic because I'll throw up before the end of the show. <laughs> I can't stand them people. Let's talk about Justin Trudeau for a moment and the truckers in Canada, dude. That's yeah. a beautiful sight. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it, it broke the Guinness World Record for the longest convoy um, in history, um, stretches for miles and miles and miles, and they don't plan on leaving until all the mandates are lifted. And Justin Trudeau uh, comes down with COVID and uh, went into hiding, right? Uh, and yeah. uh, 
it, it's just it's unbelievable that that he would march in the streets uh, with Black Lives Matter uh, in that same city, but when a record number of truckers arrive. Um, he's nowhere to be seen, and and now he's calling them. Uh, what is he calling them? I think he called them terrorists. He called terrorist, them uh, um, uh, violent um, domestic terrorists. You know the whole line. Thieves yards. said they were stealing food because foods are not getting to the destination. As if these guys are on their way to Canada with a truckload of product. Oh, come on, man! And most of them are bobtailing, uh, um, bobtailing anyway with no trailers. Most right? Of them are just bobtailing. And, yeah. You know. And here's the thing: is now this is the typical media. The media is trying to spin. It's, ah, there's only about 25 trucks up here. There's not many trucks up here. It's been wildly exaggerated, blah, 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 blah. Do they really think we're stupid every time they put something on the air and it's a lie and we can't figure it out for ourselves? We all see TikToks. We all see Facebook. We all see YouTube, actual videos, um, live feeds of people standing on top of semis, panning their cameras for miles. And you see trucks for miles. Yeah. Dude, and, and, and and now America is planning a convoy of their own. And you know what America does? We always have to be the best. Uh, California right. to D.C. And, uh, you know, watch us break the record. Um, but it's just sad what's happening to our northern brothers and sisters up there in Canada. Um, I, I think it's, you know, if, if this doesn't stop the mandates and, and uh, you know, uh, the compulsory vaccinations and, you know, all the horrible things that are going on up there. Um, and, and it's just sad because so much of Canada is, is conservative like us. And uh, and they just have no power over this this prime nope. minister. You know, they run Canada like a dictatorship up there. And uh, Justin Trudeau thinks he's, you know, the, the freaking emperor. And uh, and if that if this truck convoy doesn't solve the problem up there and end these mandates, you know, I, I think it might be time to go up there and liberate our, our, our brothers and sisters of, of Canada and, and bring them peace and prosperity and freedom. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, what's funny, though, you know, they banned gun, guns about a month ago, fifteen hundred. Um, types of guns they banned in canada now last time i checked there's no way in the hell they collected them all so so quickly well before i, I shouldn't say this but i will because it's my show um before they uh take their all their guns they should at least use them once yeah <laughs> i'm just saying yeah i mean you know, john you know that's their plan and and, and they want to do the same plan in america what they want to do it's not about collecting the guns it's about outlawing them so that when you know because they they figure their people aren't going to get rid of their guns or their armories but what will happen is if they can outlaw the guns first and then you go speak up at a school board meeting and you yell at us, you know, at, at the superintendent or whoever for, you know, molesting your child or, or you know, doing whatever, uh, masking them up and, and causing sores on their faces. And then you're labeled a domestic terrorist by the FBI and they come raid your home and then you have illegal guns. Well, then they can lock you up forever and take your guns and confiscate them. So the plan is not necessarily to collect them all at once, but it's to outlaw them so that then they can go raid your home, potentially knowing that you have guns because they work in lockstep with big uh, tech. And so they probably got your search history and and they're not afraid uh, to use the NSA. They probably have a list of every gun owner in America. And as soon as they can outlaw it, then they're going to start raiding our homes. 
And, and that's why I was so scared about this emergency response bill here in Utah that gave the Homeland Security the ability to go door to door. And in the case of any, it could be any emergency that the, that the uh, legislature sees fit. And so if we let these rhinos continue to control our state or we let rhino uh, Spencer Cox continue to, you know, call his, you know, rhino shots, you know, they passed this bill through the House with not one dissenting vote. And so if there's a future scenario where another COVID outbreak from Wuhan comes, you know, to be, and, you know, it's even worse next time. Oh, my gosh, this one's 500 percent more deadly than COVID. So we're going to do even more lockdowns. And now we're going to go door to door. And if you aren't vaccinated with the 24th shot in a row that you need to be, <laughs> we're locking you the hell up. I mean, it's just it's unbelievable. And the playbook is out there already. We know what's going on. We know what they're yeah. going to do next. I give it a year or two before pandemic number two happens, and it's going to leak from a lab probably in America this time. You heard about those monkeys that got out in Pennsylvania, and they had to go shoot them all because they got out. Oh, well, they were they had some crazy virus, and, you know, it's – dude, they are going to do this again. I know I'm putting that on everything. I'll put $50,000 on the line. I know this is going to happen again, and they're now passing laws in every state so that next time when this happens, they'll have even more power and control to lock us down, go door to door and do what we saw in Australia and all across Europe. And they'll demarcate us and separate us like cattle and they'll send us off to concentration camps. We won this time by not allowing that to happen, happen but I promise you next time they're going all the way. They're going to try to get us in camps. They're going to try to separate us because we are too much of a threat for them. Yeah, you know, I've been worried about this next election. We've got a couple of minutes left, midterm election. And um, the Democrats are doing a lot of things to their own constituents as if they don't really care about the election coming up in a few months. Before, yeah. I, doesn't that seem kind of weird? Well, to answer that, you know, their their constituents are the ones who are actually demanding more of the lockdowns and, and procedures. You, you actually you look at the polls from these Democrats. They actually want they're like, lock me down, daddy. They want it. They like they want the Democrats to to go as crazy as possible with all these mandates. And so then the Democrats are like, well, shoot. You know, our base wants us to do more to lock them down, but then we alienate independence and then the conservatives go crazy. I love it. They're stuck in a pickle. They can't appease their base and then, you know, not alienate independence and, and, and conservative swing voters. So, yeah, it's it's a perfect scenario and they're going to lose big in the midterms. I hope Republicans show out like we've never showed up before. And I hope this red wave is historic in every way across the country and down ballot. Well, brother, you know, I appreciate you having on. We've got about a minute left. And uh, let people know how to get in touch with you once once again and, and in your social media. Yeah, I mean, people can follow me on their favorite platforms, whether it's Instagram or Facebook, just by uh, following my name, Gunnar Thorderson. That's Gunnar with an A. And then Thor Der Son. Just like that, you can type that in and you'll usually find me. And then you can also, um, you know, find my organization, todayisamerica.com or tpusa.com and get involved with both of those organizations there. But I look forward to uh, interacting with you all. I'm, I'm, you know, active every day on social media. And uh, I'm just glad to be here, John. Thank you so all much right. for having me. It, it's been well, a pleasure. 
I appreciate having you here. And to all of you guys who are listening to me in 46 states and three different countries, I appreciate you as always. My name is John Harvey, and I'm your host of the Modern Conservative Podcast. Love you all. Take care.